Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. This is the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing? Good, Dan. How about you? <laughs> no complaints. No complaints. Uh, That's good. We don't want to hear him anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> That'll wrap it up for this show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. That's a fact. <laughs> we don't want to hear the complaints. We don't want to hear Absolutely don't want to hear complaints. Absolutely not. The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Dan Schwartzman. And now, sitting in for Rich... Hit the drop. It's Dan Schwartzman. Oh, my goodness. It is great to always be sitting in for Rich Eisen. I think this is my third time filling in for Rich. A couple more times coming up later this month. Always an honor. I guess my friend Ryan Leaf could not fill in today. So I am here, and we have a lot to get into because on a Friday, let me tell you something. So many stories. I like to nitpick here and there little things. But before I start, and by the way, the great Art Martinez on the other side of the glass here. Uh, you know, the fun thing about it, hosting for Rich, besides obviously just, well, hosting for Rich Eisen, is that I can eat whatever food I want. And what I mean by that is this. So my wife is a health freak, right? Very healthy. I'm not. I'll eat uh, quantity over quality. If I go down the supermarket aisle and I see a nice piece of steak, I go for the most expensive one in the sense of the weight because there's more meat there, right? Good man. Good man, Exactly. So when I get the chance to fill in for Rich Eisen, the wife doesn't say anything because she's always like, oh, that's great, you know, congrats, blah, blah, blah. So I take that as kind of a sign and opportunity to gorge myself. So I got the corn muffin here. I got the extra large chocolate chip cookie here. I got the extra large coffee here. And the wife is saying absolutely nothing. So I need to do this more often, not because I enjoy filling in for Rich, which I do, but just because I can gorge myself in unhealthy foods and convince myself it's okay because the wife is actually not saying a word about it. Now, the minute I'm off the air, then I hear about it. But for three hours, it's going to be bliss of not having to listen to her talk about the unhealthy aspects of the foods I have chosen. Now, she is correct. I've put on probably, remember I'm in college, I put on the freshman 20. It wasn't the 15, I put on the 20. When I moved to Alabama, I ate a lot of fried foods. I put on the Alabama 20, I would call it. And I think I'm about to put the Rich Eisen 20 on just in one show with the corn muffin, the cookie, and the large coffee with three sugars in it. So if I make it through three hours without diabetes, guys, it's well worth it. So here we go. All right. The NFL draft happened last week, and it was fun. And I'm one of those draft losers. And the first time I ever went to an NFL draft, I was in high school. And it was 1990, I guess the five draft. Keyshawn Johnson goes number one overall to my Jets, all right? 
And at that time, the draft was held at the Paramount Theater at Madison Square Garden. Not even like the main Madison Square Garden where the Knicks play and the Rangers play and they have massive concerts and Billy Joel's there every single weekend, it seems like. Not that Madison Square Garden. Same building, but they have like a little theater tucked into Madison Square Garden. And that's where the draft was initially. And to kind of see the evolution of this draft to where I went to drafts that were held in Radio City Music Hall, which is a massive concert venue in New York, obviously. I went to the draft in Philadelphia, which was an outdoor event, massive, hundreds of thousands of people. It was good to see in Las Vegas, what did they say, 600,000 people, I think, were in attendance at the draft. And we've had to live through COVID the last couple of years, and obviously that kind of put the kibosh and having the draft attended by hundreds of thousands of people. So it's good to finally get back to a sense of normalcy of having so many people, the massive wave of folks out there supporting their team. With Raider fans too. <laughs> Although, can you really call them Raider fans? Because like the Vegas Raider fans are a bunch of frauds, right? Because it's like the team that they have now decided to start to like. That music is reserved for the actual Raider fans from the Oakland days, well, and even the L.A. days, I oh, guess. You Dan, you're forgetting that. That, that Las Vegas is not too far from Los Angeles. Listen, if you have to cross state lines to drive four hours, it's far. Okay. Is it a four-hour drive? Uh, yeah. Uh, five. 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 Okay. It depends so maybe, on how fast you're going, what kind of car you got. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, it's a desert, and you could probably see a cop from a mile away. So, fine. You're right. You can speed a little bit. Say four and a half hours, okay? Well, we'll cut it in half. Four and a half hours is a long way. Right, if I left right now and drove four hour, four and a half hours from New York City, I'm in D.C. I've passed Philly, right? I've passed the Eagles. I've passed the Ravens in Baltimore right off the highway. I'm in D.C. hanging out with Commander fans, okay? If I go the other way, I'm in Boston hanging out with Patriot fans. So the fact is, well, it's not so far away. No, it's far away. Four and a half hours is a long drive, man. That's not so close. Now, Raider fans do travel, and Raider fans are loyal, and I do have to give Raider fans a lot of credit. And I'm a Jet fan, so I've had a lot of heartbreak in the last, you know, well, my entire 43 years of existence. But the Raider fans kind of have it similar, right? I I sympathize with Raider fans because it hasn't been a fun, would you say 20 years, Art? Yeah. Okay. And then yesterday, wasn't it Tom Brady who admitted it was a fumble? Oh, on his IG, on his IG, or whatever. Yeah, well, the tuck rule's nonsense. It was a fumble, no question about it. And oh, that's the yeah, ever since get. then, ever since then, it's yeah, it's been mediocrity. Exactly. So twenty years. So I sympathize with Raider fans. I like Raider fans because I do believe they are incredibly loyal, and they have stuck with the team through the fact that they left and went to Las Vegas. You have more Raider fans still in Oakland and, and probably in LA still. That Art Martinez, of course, probably is the head of the Raiders fan chapter of Los Angeles. Greater Los Angeles. Exactly. But it's good to have a team in Vegas, and they've done it right. And you saw it at the draft. Now, that said, a lot of questions remain with teams. And I want to get to the Seattle Seahawks because there's an interesting dynamic brewing there. They don't have a quarterback. That's kind of a big deal, right? In today's NFL, to not have a quarterback is a big deal. And don't tell me Geno Smith and Drew Locke and Jacob Eason and Every Tom, Dick, and Harry that they've signed is the guy that should be starting next year. Now, I lived through Geno Smith with the Jets. Not a good not a good thing, right? He's not a starting quarterback. Drew Locke was miserable in Denver. He's got attributes, but it's between the ears, and he's not seeing something on the field because he's just not that good. Jacob Eason, eh. The other guys, eh. Nothing spectacular, right? 
You go from Russell Wilson, future Hall of Famer, top five quarterback in the NFL, a guy that every year you, you know, pretty much write in 10 wins plus, right? Because you got the guy. You got the stability of quarterback. You know what you're getting. Seahawks fans walk in there. Their chests are thumped out because they go, we got a quarterback. You look around the league, how many teams are still searching for quarterbacks? Plenty of them, right? My Jets, for instance, do we have a guy in, in, in a Zach Wilson? I don't know. We'll see. But I'd love some stability at the position, the way Seattle had that for 10 years. So when Pete Carroll goes on 950 KJR Radio with my good friend, I believe, Softy Mahler, and he talks about, no, we're not looking for a quarterback. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? It's a smokescreen. I get it. He's not going to give you the keys to the castle and tell you everything you need to know. That's obvious. But don't take us for idiots here. But the problem that I have when it comes to Pete Carroll in this offseason is I don't think he knows what he's doing. And here's why. Yes, he's won a Super Bowl. Yes, he should have won a second Super Bowl when they had that idiotic play call and obviously decided to throw the football at the goal line and they made, they made Malcolm Butler millions. But the reality is, when when's the last time Pete Carroll had to deal with the true rebuild, right? When's the last time Pete Carroll actually had to sit there and rebuild a roster from the ground up? Uh, first year at USC. And that's easier to do in college, right? Because, I mean, there's no salary cap. Yeah, you recruit right. guys. Pete Carroll came in with the cachet of being an NFL head coach. Friendly enough guy, right? Energetic. Did a great job at USC. A little shenanigans on the side, apparently, that we found out later. But the reality is, you can build a college roster in a year. Nick Saban took over from Mike Shula, and they were horrendous. In fact, I believe in that first year that Nick Saban was at Alabama, they lost to was it Louisiana Tech, I think, in a bowl game, whatever, or at homecoming. It was terrible, right? What happens? Nick Saban loses how many games since then? Eight? Nine? In a decade, right? So in one year in college, you could turn around a program, no, no problem. The NFL is a different story. They're constraints. You got a salary cap. You got 31 other teams that are, you know, vying for the same player. In college, look, if you're a top blue chip five-star recruit, how many schools truly have a chance to land you? All right? A hundred will send you literature in the mail. They'll invite you on campus and say at the NILs, they'll offer you money, they'll offer you whatever the heck they can. But the reality is 10 to 20 schools are probably legitimately going to be in the hunt for that, you know, Arch Manning type of guy. Top five recruit. B. Carroll sold him Los Angeles. He sold him USC. Did a great job. But in one offseason, you lose the heart and soul of your offense in Russell Wilson. You lose the heart and soul of your defense in Bobby Wagner. So what do you got left? Okay, you got DK Metcalf. Well, who's throwing the football to DK Metcalf? You got a decent you know, running game, right? Penny, uh, I mean, okay, but who's handing off the football? The offensive line has always been an issue, and I think that's one of the reasons why Russell Wilson finally said, I've had enough. They've never been able to build a consistently good offensive line to protect Russell Wilson, hence large sack numbers. So here's Pete Carroll, and to me, he's a guy wearing a blindfold trying to find the exit in a, in a dark room. Because he's never been in that room before. So for Pete Carroll, I mean, come on. You're 70-some-odd years old. Do you really want to stick around for a true rebuild? This isn't a retooling. All right, a retooling is when you lose your wide receiver, you lose a running back, you lose a left tackle, you lose a couple of pieces on defense, but they're replaceable type of guys, right? But when you lose literally the quarterback of your team, the most important position 
in professional sports, that's not a retooling, that's a rebuild. And 70-some-odd-year-old guys, to me, I don't think have the heart to go through that because that's not a one-year thing. Because we had a terrible quarterback draft right now, right? Yeah, Kenny Pickett's the only guy that went in the first round. After that, we waited till what, round three? The Desmond Riddlers, the uh, you know Malik Willis's, guys like that. This was a terrible quarterback draft. In a league that's starved for quarterbacks, when you have one guy go in the first round, and very few teams had him in a first-round grade, it tells you how bad of a quarterback draft it was. So you kind of take this year, you throw it out the window. And now Pete Carroll's going to be searching for a quarterback again, except there's one guy out there, Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield himself came out and said that uh, Seattle seems like a logical landing spot. And it is a logical landing spot. And Pete Carroll's not going to come out there and play his cards and say, oh, yeah, we're all in on Baker Mayfield. We're going to make it work. we got to get Baker Mayfield here. And the reason is he's owed $19 million. They picked up that fifth-year option. And it's a staring match right now. Seattle doesn't want to just take him right now and have to pay that salary. Cleveland has kind of backed themselves into a corner because they're not going to go into the season with Deshaun Watson making him, uh, uh, you know, 45 million bucks a year and Baker Mayfield making 18, 19 million bucks a year. They're not spending close to $70 million in the quarterback room. That's idiotic. That's insane. That's like one third of your salary cap. Not happening. So for Seattle, they're going to sit back patiently and they're going to wait for Cleveland to have to decide one of two things. We just release him. We eat that money. And then Seattle can pick him up cheap or Cleveland will have to attach like a second round draft pick along with Baker Mayfield, and trade him to Seattle for them to take him and the money. Remember that happened with, I think it was the Denver Broncos trying to get rid of, uh, which quarterback? They had so many terrible quarterbacks there. All right, remember the uh, the six foot seven yeah, guy? Yeah, 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 I forgot uh, his Brock name. Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. They shipped Brock Osweiler and a second-round pick to Cleveland for like a bag of footballs and a goalpost. How'd and that reason- work out? <laughs> Good, because they got a second-round pick. And, and listen, Cleveland Cleveland had the salary cap room. So the reason they took the deal was because they wanted the second-round pick. They could clearly fit Brock Osweiler into the salary system, and they had no intention of ever playing the guy. So it worked out. They got a high draft pick, and Denver had to scramble and give up a high draft pick to get a guy's salary off the books because they had given him this ridiculous contract. So Cleveland might be in a very similar situation where they are forced to give up a premium draft pick for somebody to take their garbage, and right now their garbage is Baker Mayfield. By the way, I think he's a lot better than garbage. I'm just kind of using an analogy here, right? Because in the fact, in fact, he's just waste to them. And it's gotten ugly. We're going to find out, by the way, in about 10 minutes how ugly it's gotten. Mary Kay Cabot from Cleveland.com. If there's anybody in Cleveland that knows what's happening with the Browns, Mary Kay is it. She will break down the latest and also the chances of Baker Mayfield actually being moved. To me, it's got to be 100%, right? Cleveland's got to be insane to think that they're going to go into the season with Baker Mayfield. It's not as if I think he's a good teammate. I don't think that he's going to sit there and be rah-rah holding his clipboard with his hat backwards, cheering on Deshaun Watson, going, hey, great job, Deshaun. Hey, nice throw. Yeah, love that. You go. Yeah. He's not a cheerleader type. To me, he's like the sore loser type, and I'm okay with that, right? He's a competitive guy. I think he's the sore loser type. And he's not going to just sit there and take it. Not happening. But if you're Pete Carroll, are you really going to roll the dice with Baker Mayfield? Is that who you go from Russell Wilson, team legend, 
greatest quarterback in the franchise's history, most likely, right? I mean, who else? You know, who, who else? Okay, and when I when I say that, I mean a guy who spent the bulk of his career with the Seahawks, not like the Warren Moons of the world who are there for, you know, more known as a Houston Oiler, of course. I'm talking about a guy that built his career in Seattle. Russell Wilson's got to be it. Art, you're part of that. You're, you're from that part of the world, the West Coast, right? It's got to be him, right? If you think about the Seattle Seahawks, not Dave Craig, it's going to be Russell Wilson, right? The greatest quarterback in the franchise's history. He probably. won him a Super Bowl. Yeah, I almost won him two. Exactly. So you go Should have won him should have if the play could just hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. It's literally that I was at that game. Literally, just hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. You win a second ring. You're you're a dynasty. Okay. Instead, you're the New York Mets of the late '80s, where you win one and you should have won multiple, right? With Strawberry and Gooden and Hernandez and Carter and all those great players. Speaking of the Mets, what a comeback last night. Who cares? It's baseball. It's it's early, and I'm a Yankee fan anyway. No, it's good to see the Mets doing well. Money buys you a lot. Steve Cohen's money has bought them wins. Congratulations. Met fans have struggled with poor owners, thanks to Bernie Madoff, and now they're actually winning games. Congratulations to the New York Mets. But I do think that for Pete Carroll to go from Russell Wilson to potentially Baker Mayfield, and this is the start of the rebuild, and that's the quarterback. Man, talk about a crapshoot. He might as well go to Vegas. Put it all down on black or red on the, on the uh, what the heck's that thing? The only thing I play in roulette. Vegas. The roulette thing. <laughs> You got 50 odds. It's close to 50-50 odds. It's the only thing I ever put money on because I'm cheap. Always bet on black? Always bet on black. Thank you, Wesley Snipes. Passenger 57. Great movie. All right. We're going to find out what is going on in Cleveland. Is Baker Mayfield on his way out sometime soon? And frankly, could Cleveland have handled this better? Worse? Let's find out. Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com will join us next. I'm Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen, the Rich Eisen Show here on a Friday. Back after this. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together, and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Cleveland Browns, are they the answer quarterback-wise for the Seattle Seahawks? Baker Mayfield kind of hanging in limbo there. Let's head out to Cleveland. Our good friend Mary Kay Kappa from Cleveland.com joining us. And Mary Kay, what is the latest when it comes to Baker Mayfield? He is still an employee of the uh, Cleveland Browns. 
Yeah, he is. And, uh, you know, basically uh, he's in a little bit of limbo right now. But I think the Browns will continue uh, to try to look for opportunities to trade him and move him as soon as they can. That's basically uh, what the situation is right now. Now, there's nothing on the front burner at the moment, but that doesn't mean that these things can't change on a dime. So there are, are teams that know that he's available. There are teams that have been interested in him, you know, even in recent weeks. So, uh, you know, things could heat up again at some point. Uh, but for right now, he's still a Cleveland Brown. All right, tell me if I'm wrong here, but two years ago, he had a pretty good year. Looked like he was kind of turning the corner, going to be more of an elite-level quarterback. This past season, obviously, was, was a disaster, but he played a lot of the year with injury. He's got the fifth-year option picked up for like $19 million. Now, for a good quarterback, that's reasonable money. How much of the, I guess, maybe inability to trade him has to do with him, his attitude, his maybe lack of leadership, his lack of respect in the locker room. Is that what's kind of playing a role here in your mind? You know, I think that could possibly be a small part of it on the part of some teams. But for the most part, I really think it comes down to the money, as it often does. He has that, as you mentioned, $19 million, almost $19 million guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract, his fifth-year option for 2022. That's a big contract to pick up unless you know that he's going to be your starting quarterback uh, for next season. Now, if you thought that he was, you're right. 18.86 is not an exorbitant amount of money to pay for a good quarterback. So it, it just needs to be a team uh, that is willing to look at him in that light. And I think Carolina was willing to do that, and that is why they negotiated and talked trade with the Browns during draft weekend. They viewed him as somebody that could come in and be an upgrade over Sam Darnold. But once again, uh, people are leery of that contract. Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com, joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on this Friday. In college at Oklahoma, he was the guy that was a walk-on at Texas Tech. He's a guy that uh, wins a Heisman Trophy, the moxie, the attitude, the ego, kind of endeared himself to his team. Did that just not fly in Cleveland at the NFL level, that same type of attitude? No, I again, I wouldn't necessarily say that because if you have that kind of a personality and you're playing really well, uh, it goes over really big. And, he, you know, teammates loved him and followed him. But when things start to go wrong on the field and really good players uh, look out there and notice that perhaps maybe the guy that you have at quarterback isn't going to get the job done for you, I think that's where things start to break down a little. That type of bravado uh, doesn't necessarily uh, play as well when you're not playing as well. Is he a good teammate? Yeah, I, I would say he is a good teammate, um, you know, to a certain extent. I thought last year when things started to go bad, I think he could have done a better job to try to pull everybody together. But it got weird because – when uh, Odell Beckham Jr. left, I think he was left to wonder who was in his corner and who wasn't. And I, I don't think he really knew who to trust, who, who not to trust. And, uh, and I think that, you know, that left a lot of players, you know, kind of mad that he won that power struggle, so to speak. Uh, so it, it was a challenging situation. And in the end, you know, it just didn't work out well for anybody. Mary Kay, you know, everybody loves to give out draft grades, right? Uh, give me a grade for how the Cleveland Browns have handled the Baker Mayfield situation. Well, I mean, I think they're handling it about as well as they could handle it. I mean, they're trying to trade him. He asked to be traded. 
So it's not like, you know, they're holding him hostage or something like that. He <laughs> asked to be traded. They're trying to trade him, and it's hard to find a taker at that price. So I don't, you know, I'm not going to put the onus on them for the way that this is broken down. This is something, uh, you know, that started in the middle of last season when he became disillusioned with the way things were going, with the fact that they did not uh, try to sign him to the extension, and it just started to break down, and it went from there. And, you know, when you, you know, when the communication starts to break down like that, things can go very wrong, and they did. Mary Kay, look, no one wants to part with high draft picks, but ironically, Cleveland was part of that Brock Osweiler deal years ago where Denver had to ship along a second-round pick so that Cleveland would take him, put him on the salary uh, books. No intention, of course, of him ever playing there. So ultimately, do you think Cleveland's going to have to do something similar with Baker Mayfield is attach a draft pick so that somebody takes that $19 million off their hands? Well, I mean, they might have to do something like that, but I don't think it would be a high draft pick, and I don't think they're desperate to move him either. They are not going to make a bad deal for themselves. Uh, I, I think that, you know, I, I just don't think that they are going to be forced to do anything at this point. If they had to keep him and hang on to his contract, they can do that. They have the salary cap space to do that. They're not going to just give him away. They're not going to give a draft pick away. They're not going to pick up a ton of his salary. They will pick up some, uh, but they're not going to do anything, uh, you know, just to just to go ahead and do it. If they had to keep him for quality depth, they would do that. But you know what, Mary? Look, I'm not a tarot card reader. I don't read palms, but I just can't envision that being a healthy quarterback room, a healthy locker room next year with a disgruntled Baker Mayfield there, a highly paid Deshaun Watson ahead of him, no chances of starting for Baker Mayfield. He's not a guy that I think is going to relish being on the bench, obviously. This guy just wants to be a starter. Do you really think it'd be a healthy dynamic in Cleveland if, in fact, they go into the season with Baker Mayfield with a hat backwards and a clipboard in his hand? You know, it, it would not be ideal, obviously, and I actually probably don't really think it's going to come to that. Uh, I do think that before the season actually starts, they probably will have found a taker for Baker Mayfield in some way, and it might not be exactly how they wanted to do it. They will have to make some concessions because it's the law of diminishing returns, really, to keep him around. I mean, like you said, it would be awkward. It would be uncomfortable. Uh, so if they can find something where they have to give a little, they'll go ahead and do that. But they're not going to do something that will ultimately hurt the future of their team. Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on this Friday. How is the Deshaun, Deshaun Watson situation playing out? Look, he had the press conference. Obviously, you know, the team is kind of walking on a tightrope here when it comes to him and all the allegations against him. Uh, what's the situation in the city right now? Has he been a little bit more accepted, or is there still kind of this divide between the team bringing him in and uh, obviously groups in the city who probably are not happy? Well, there's still that divide. He is obviously a polarizing figure. Now, there hasn't been much football. We haven't talked to him since that press conference. Uh, you know, he probably will talk to us again throughout these OTAs coming up and the mandatory minicamp, but it's been a little bit quiet because football is not happening right now. But if you're out and about in the community, you still get totally mixed reviews on how people feel about Deshaun Watson being here. You've got that segment of the fan base that is so excited that the Browns actually really do finally have a quarterback that can get them to the Super Bowl. And then there's an entire segment of the fan base 
that is uncomfortable with what's going on with him with these 22 civil suits. So I would have to say it's about divided. You know, Mary Kay, you you are somebody that's obviously you know covered this team for a while. You 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 know know people around this league as well. And being a Yankee fan that I am, you know, people will blame George Steinbrenner for the. Uh, the the salary structure in baseball going out of control, right? A lot of people say George overpaid for players, and that kind of started this whole ridiculous salaries in baseball. Cleveland went out and gave Deshaun Watson a massive contract, and they fully guaranteed the whole thing. Maybe you don't have an answer for this, but has there been a reaction that you've heard from other people in other cities in terms of how other owners may be viewing this, saying you've kind of done something to screw up the salary structure in football where other players are going to say, wait a minute, if Deshaun Watson gets a fully guaranteed 200-and-some-odd million-dollar contract, why am I taking pennies on the dollar in terms of guaranteed money compared to that quote-unquote overall number? Have you heard anything? Well, there is some of that. And um, and even you know one owner went on the record, the Ravens owner went on the record when we were all down at the NFL annual meeting and said that very thing, that – uh, you know, that not only was he somewhat dismayed by the amount and the fully guarantee in the contract, but he didn't feel like Deshaun Watson should have been the first NFL player, given the circumstances that he's in right now, to get such a deal. So, uh, yeah, I do think there's some of that, but the notion of um, the notion of teams not wanting to do business with the Cleveland Browns because of the deal that they did. I'm just not buying that. They did trades during the weekend. Uh, they will continue to do business. They'll find somebody, I'm sure, to trade Baker Mayfield to. I, I don't think that, that teams are going to get let it get in the way of doing business with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, teams can be jealous. I mean, think, uh, you know, the Ravens owner, Stephen Bashotti, when he said that, he has to face Deshaun Watson now, uh, possibly for the next decade. So why would he be happy about any of this? Um, but yeah, I, I just don't. I think that's a little overblown. And he's got to pay Lamar Jackson, and who's going to look at that Deshaun Watson salary and say, yeah. "All right, that's the starting point yeah. of our negotiation." Right. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I'm sure other people feel that way too. So sure, they can be a little bit mad about it, but somebody was going to do it. And you even saw in the aftermath of that, J.C. Treader the president of the NFLPA wrote a whole entire essay, which you can find on the union website right now, where he, of course he was excited about that and hopes it ushers in way more of those fully guaranteed contracts for NFL players. So just because the Browns were the first ones to do it uh, doesn't mean it wasn't coming down the pike. All right, Mary Kay, last question. Uh, last month, Baker Mayfield on a podcast said that he believes that uh, Seattle's probably the landing spot. If you had a crystal ball, do you think he's suiting up in the Pacific Northwest for the Seahawks when the fall arrives? You know, I get the feeling uh, that the Seahawks, you know, they they like him and they are intrigued by Baker Mayfield, but I don't get the sense that they want to pay the money for him. They really don't want to do that. So if they somehow come through, it will surprise me because I think that they're one of the teams that are waiting to see if the Browns will finally just get fed up and cut him, and I don't see that happening. All right, so where do you think? If, if, if in fact, uh, you don't think Seattle is the spot, where do you think Baker Mayfield lands? 
You know, I'm not sure. I don't know if there's a sleeper team. I wrote something uh, at one point, and I have no sense that this is going to happen. But I I suggested that the Giants should look at him. I would think that he would be an uh, upgrade over Daniel Jones. But they have not shown any interest that I know of uh, in him at this point. And if if I were the Browns, and I said this on a a local radio show yesterday, too, if I were the Browns, I'd be going back to uh, the Panthers and trying to work out a deal. Sometimes you can't get a deal done on draft weekend, and I was told – on draft weekend by, by someone close to the situation that that thing was, you know, pretty much dead in the water. But if you know that you have somebody interested in your product, you go back and you close the sale. So <laughs> I would definitely be uh, trying to do something like that and then uh, see if you can't generate some interest on the part of some other teams that have tenuous quarterback situations. That's interesting. The Giants, I didn't think about them. Baker Mayfield in New York City. Actually, I think that would play well. If he won Mary Kay, I mean, I think that would he would be a god here. Well, don't you think he's he would be an upgrade over Daniel Jones? I mean, I've, I've watched Baker play some good football here. Uh, he did have a down year last year, uh, but I think the pendulum has swung a little too far over now to people thinking that he's a horrible, like, bottom right. five quarterback. He's not that. He's somewhere in the middle, and I think he can help some teams. Listen, me and you have a better chance of holding on to the football, not fumbling, unlike Daniel Jones, who is an absolute fumbling machine for the New York Giants. Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com. Mary Kay, always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. Sure. Thanks for having me. Great stuff, as always, from Mary Kay Cabot here on the Rich Eisen Show. That's interesting. That's intriguing. The New York Giants. I didn't think about the Giants. You know, you think about it. It's a whole new regime, right? Joe Schoen's in there. It's not Dave Gettleman. Kettleman was obviously an all. Gettleman was an awful GM. Salary cap hell for the Giants and just terrible drafting. Now you have Joe Schoen. He's got no allegiance to Daniel Jones, right? New coaching staff with Brian Dable. No allegiance to Daniel Jones. He was the old regime. They could get rid of Daniel Jones tomorrow, and I don't think those guys would shed a tear because, again, they're not invested in him. You bring Baker Mayfield to the Giants. I mean, that moxie, that attitude in New York. Forget Cleveland, right? I mean, come on. Nothing against Cleveland, but... Cleveland's a small city. I've been there. I went to college in the state of Ohio. I like Ohio. I, I like Cleveland. But him in New York, now if he won with the Giants, he'd be a legend. He loses with the Giants. It's no big deal. He's just another long line of guys like Daniel Jones, right? That would be intriguing. Baker Mayfield to the Giants. Now, here's the problem. I think teams out there realize the Browns are going to, as the calendar continues to tick days down to mini camps and training camp and thing like things like that, I think teams anticipate the Browns have to make a decision. And in in fact, if no team decides to trade for Baker Mayfield, I wonder if they just decide that they have to release him. And are teams out there like Seattle, like Carolina, maybe the Giants, who knows, teams like that sitting around waiting for Cleveland to have to make that decision to release Baker Mayfield before they kind of pounce. That might be what's happening here. Why give up a draft pick, which are valuable, for a guy that you believe that is going to be released? That might be the strategy out there, but man, Art, can you, Art, can you see him in New York, the Giants? Yeah, I can, actually. Right? That's interesting. Good one by Mary Kay Cabot there. All right, every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. It's been speed-tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, which gives you more speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. But that's just the beginning because Callaway has engineered a Rogue ST for every player. Most golfers will fit into the max because of its incredible combination of distance 
distance and forgiveness. But there's also Max D, their dedicated draw model for players who need more shot shape correction. Now, if you need something more low spin, there's Max LS, which gives you strong trajectory with a more neutral ball flight. But for the true players out there, the Rogue SD Triple Diamond LS is the compact low spin head that the tour players love. Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed, so all you have to do is go rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. I hope they can help me. You should see my golf game. You know my golf game is? I lose about 13 balls through the first nine holes. Sit back, enjoy a drink, enjoy a cigar, and call it a day while my friends continue playing and losing their golf balls on the course as well. Head to the 19th hole. Head to the 19th hole. Exactly right. Clubhouse, burger, booze. That's my golf outing. All right, more NFL talk coming up next. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show here on a Friday. Back after this. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich on this Friday, heading into a, hopefully a beautiful weekend for everybody out there. Cleveland Browns in limbo with their quarterback situation. Well, not really them. They have their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, highly paid, going to be there for a long time. They just have this guy that they drafted first overall a few years back sitting there in limbo, and it's a game of chicken right now. You got the Browns driving one car. Let's say a 1970s muscle car, right? Let's do that. Mustang. Mustang. 1964 Mustang. How about that? Cherry red. My daughter's favorite car, and she's 11 years old. If I ever make money, I'll buy it to her. Buy Good it taste. Her. How much are those things now? Or, no, you, or, you know cars. You love Mustangs. How much is a re- – not a kit car, but how much is like a 1964 cherry red Mustang these days? A lot of money? Oh, man, depends on what uh, condition. Like, pretty good. Oh, man, There's 60, 70. Really? 60, 70 thousand dollars. Because you can and buy there's a kit a high cars. demand for it. Do you ever watch, um, you know, the, the audio auctions? No. I, oh, well, man. I mean, yeah, the Barrett Jackson for, at like um, three in the morning? <laughs> you said, I can see that. Art Martinez sitting up at like three in the morning. Dude, popcorn, tell me about it. His, his chubby fingers and popcorn and a. Brewski in the other hand, and you're watching Barrett Jackson car auctions at three yep. in the morning <laughs> on obscure cable channels. Right? That's yeah, you, definitely, right? Definitely, yes. <laughs> like thinking, like, man, I wish I could afford that one. Oh, look at that car. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly right. No, oh, if I won Powerball, that's the car I'm buying. <laughs> I, I don't know how you do it. To me, sleep is better than that. But I do like a 64 Mustang. Uh, that's the, the dream car. So, all right. So, we'll put the Cleveland Browns in the 1964 Cherry Red Mustang. And they're driving. And I kind of have the, uh, what is that, the uh, viaduct? Is that what you have there in L.A.? That that waterway that's always empty. It's in all the movies. You know what I'm talking about? The L.A. River? 
The LA River, right. So they're driving one side, right? They're, they're full speed, pedal to the metal. And here comes the rest of the NFL teams that have quarterback needs coming at them playing chicken in another muscle car. What are we going to call that one? A Challenger. All right, a 1970 Challenger. How about that, right? Silver. We'll, we'll call it silver. A little black racing stripe on it, too. All right. That's where they're at right now. It's like, who's going to blink first? Who's going to turn that wheel? Are the Browns going to turn the wheel and release Baker Mayfield and the rest of the league can pounce on him for cheaper? Or is one of the teams, quarterback-hungry teams, going to be the one to turn that wheel and say, all right, all right, you win. You win. We'll give you a third-round pick. And we'll take the $19 million off your hands. It's a classic game of chicken ongoing as we speak in the NFL when it comes to Baker Mayfield. But no way, no way in heck can the Browns go into next season which is, by the way, not so far away. We're almost we we're in we're in May already, with Baker Mayfield on the sideline in a clean uniform, holding a clipboard. I guess now it's those uh, Microsoft pads, but still, I still every time I think backup quarterbacks, I think of Charlie Whitehurst with the great tan, playing for the San Diego Chargers, awesome flowing hair, uniforms never dirty, dudes making seven figures to literally never play. And I'm thinking, that's the greatest job in history. No joke, Art. I used to tell people that all the time. If I could be anybody in the NFL, Who I'd was be Charlie Whitehurst. Does it matter? Guy was getting killed, probably. Dirty uniform, playing for a crappy Chargers team. And here's Charlie Whitehurst looking golden. Great tan, great hair, hair. He's going to some beachside bar in, was it, the Gaslight District of San Diego afterwards, meeting up with some beautiful ladies. No injuries, and he's making seven figures to stand there in a clean uniform. That's the life. And then he went to Seattle. Remember, they they traded for him thinking he could be a starter, and that bombed quick, right? And he went back to being the good-looking backup quarterback with a great tan. That's the guy. I can't see Baker Mayfield doing that. That guy has, he, he'd be fidgeting there. He'd be, nah, he'd be gashing his teeth, holding his tongue. Cleveland cannot have Baker Mayfield. He as a would be backup. splitting splitting the locker room. I think it, that's what would happen. No question. Yeah, but he's not going to win that. That's the problem. I mean, I think there's whatever respect is left of Baker Mayfield in that locker room. He opens his trap in a negative way, complaining. He loses whoever's still in his corner. I think, and Mary Kay Cabot mentioned it after the Odell Beckham situation last year. Things kind of changed, right? And I think that's when the sheen rubbed off in terms of how Baker Mayfield was viewed. That's why I asked the question of, here was a guy that in college at Oklahoma, the moxie, the ego, that dirty uniform, that lunch-pale, blue-collar type of attitude of, of Baker Mayfield played well, right? They won. He won a Heisman Trophy. That, that was nice. That worked. That narrative was great. But in Cleveland, if you're not winning, to me, it's like the Matt Patricia syndrome in Detroit. So Matt Patricia walks out, from New England with a head coaching job in Detroit. He's flashing these rings, these beautiful Super Bowl rings, thinking that that's going to get guys on Detroit to listen to him and and follow him and run through a brick brick wall for him. And instead, they're like, yo, you didn't win those rings. Those Belichick's rings. That's Brady's rings. You're kind of a hanger-on. Like, you're a coordinator. You're a hanger-on. You're not the architect of these wins. Don't come in here and flash these rings and say, run through a wall for me because... Cha-ching, look what I got here, and this is uh, this is what ends up happening. You get these big rings on your finger if you follow me and my, my wacky tendencies. And they laughed and said not happening, and he was a failure, right? I think Josh McDaniel had the same situation, by the way, when he went to Denver at a young age. 
He's different now. He's humbled now. But I think that's the problem. So Baker Mayfield shows up in the NFL with a great college resume, but that means squat. means nothing. And that moxie and that attitude. And what really pissed me off about Baker Mayfield, mind my French, was he's doing all these commercials, right? Baker's house, this and that. I'm like, dude, you haven't won anything. Like, give me somebody who's won something in your commercials. Like Patrick Mahomes got a Super Bowl. He's got MVP, right? All right, stick him on a commercial and I'll, I'll watch. State Farm. State Farm, T-Mobile, all these commercials, whatever. He's earned it. What the heck has Baker Mayfield done that he's doing these commercials where he's living in uh, the you know Paul Brown Stadium? Progressive, progressive, whatever they call it. These I don't even I can't keep track of stadium names. But you know what I'm saying? Like I'm watching these commercials, saying, "Is this because he won in college? Because the Baker Mayfield in the NFL hasn't earned the right to be in commercials that I'm going to take this guy seriously, right? And I think that's what happens. People in that locker room look at this guy. They're like, okay, you got attitude, you got moxie. But you're not winning anything. So maybe you got to tone it down until you win something. There's also guys that have played, and they're going to remain nameless on this show, but there's there's guys that played Major League Baseball. They played in the NFL. I'm sure they played in the other major sports as well that they'll talk and, like, you think they're a leader. And they, you know, when the time comes that a leader needs to step up to the camera or the microphone, they're the ones that do so. Yet they're not respected, you know? You listen to the words that they're saying. You're saying, this guy's a phony. This guy's a fraud. Or you just flat out say, what the heck's this guy saying? The Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla. It's Bobby Bonilla Day, July 1st, I think, right? Yeah. 1.2 mil a year. Good for him. Congratulations to Bobby Bonilla. Thank Bernie Madoff for that one. But that's the whole point. The whole point is, like, I think Baker Mayfield kind of became that guy where he's the quarterback of a team. He will open his mouth. He'll talk as if he's the leader, but... I don't think guys were looking at his message with respect. And once you kind of lose that, and again, I've seen that with other football players. I've seen that with baseball players. They'll talk, but people don't respect him. You kind of lose it. And he lost the locker room, in my opinion, when it came to it. Maybe not the whole locker room, but enough of it. And you got to turn the page. I think Baker Mayfield can be a successful quarterback in the NFL, but he's got to tone it down a bit. The way that the Josh McDaniels had to tone it down. The way that if Matt Patricia ever gets another opportunity to be a head coach, which I don't know if that will happen, but I think he's a guy that's got to tone it down as well. Win something at the highest level before you want to walk in there, puff out your chest, and think everybody's going to respect you for being somebody when that somebody won at a different level at a different position. The NFL is a whole different ballgame. You talk to anybody that played in the NFL, right? Coming from even the top college programs. It's night and day. It's like when Justin Fields last year, after like his first preseason game where he looked good, he's like, yeah, you know, this is easy. Like the game, I, I don't have to slow it down. This is easy. Remember that? That was, that was nonsense, right? And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's in for it and he's saying some dumb stuff here. And sure enough, regular season starts and uh, obviously the game hadn't slowed down for Justin Fields and he was not really successful. It happens. Guys, it's the NFL. Like, you got to do it at that level if you want people in that locker room who rely on you to continue getting a paycheck, right? Teams lose, players go. Teams win, players stay. And if you go from a successful team, chances are you're getting a raise, an increase, going somewhere else in free agency. So when Baker Mayfield walks in there with Moxie and yet they're not winning anything, I think that rubs off very, very, very quickly. 
NBA playoffs, they continue after an off day yesterday. The Philadelphia 76ers back in action against the Miami Heat. And we, the fans, are the ones that lose when it comes to that series. What do I mean? Well, I'm going to tell you next. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich Eisen. It is the Rich Eisen Show. That's right. 310-845-4120. Give us a call if you want to hop on the conversation. NBA Talk next right here on the Rich Eisen Show.